You're listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you discover what's wrong with your business, then show you how to fix it. I'm your host, Donald Miller. For the past four years, pretty much, we have been interviewing amazing authors on this show, one after another, who have given us great advice on every aspect of growing our business. But I got to tell you, there's something I love even more, and that is sitting down at a Mexican restaurant, preferably over a plate of enchiladas, across from somebody like you, somebody who is running a business and somebody who wants that business to scale, somebody who wants that business to grow, somebody who's passionate about it, but they're stuck. They don't know how to go any further. I love having that conversation with you. It's one of the reasons I love hosting this podcast and I love the fact that you're listening. Today, I'm interviewing my new friend, Sherry Rowney. Now, Sherry Rowney runs an organization, runs a company called Harmonized Brain Centers. Sherry came to us struggling with how to scale the business beyond herself. And I know a lot of you listening are dealing with that exact same problem. So this advice is going to hit home. Everybody should know about what she's doing. So how can we help her scale? Here's my conversation with Sherry Rowney. Sherry, people come into your office and you hook them up to a brain scanner and you zap them. Brain zap. <laughs> and you tell them. <laughs> you don't actually zap them. It's, it's incredibly pain-free. But what is lens therapy? Lens is low energy neurofeedback. And what that is, is we send a radio frequency at about one and a half hertz into specific um, dominant brain frequencies that you have. And what we're doing is we're disrupting the pattern that your brain has gotten into. Just like when somebody shocks your heart and it puts itself back into a rhythm, the same thing happens with um, your brain. Uh, when we send in that, that frequency, the brain will disrupt itself and will put it back into its own natural pattern that it, it should be in. Got it. Okay. Now, I got to tell, tell the audience, though, because I've done this, I mean, eight or 10 times, it's, it's not actually a shock. You don't feel anything happening. And when you talk about, what did you call it, one hertz or... One and a half hertz, that's 600 times less than your cell phone. I don't know brain science. I just read enough books to be dangerous. But it, is it coming from your amygdala or what is, where's, where's the signal coming from? It's actually starting in the occipital lobe, which is at the very back base of your brain. And it moves forward, going through each of those different places, moving towards the frontal lobe, which is where you're making all your decisions and all your executive function is happening. All right. So when the back of my brain sends a signal, let's say I'm sitting in traffic or something, and it sends a signal that regulates stress, but the part of my brain that receives that signal is not working quite well, what happens to me? You get overwhelmed, you get frustrated, and you're not quite sure what to do with the feelings that you're having. That's because that part of your brain has become suppressed. So it's gone. You, you know what fight or flight is? Yes. And fight or flight is designed for when you are in a uh, dangerous situation. But there's also another one. It's fight, flight, or freeze. And so your brain goes into that freeze position automatically up there in that frontal lobe. And that's when the stress starts to happen because it's not regulating efficiently. All right, Sherry, HIPAA out the window. I am giving you permission to talk about my brain on my own podcast. You hooked me up. You went through all 21 parts of the brain. It, it showed an image. It looked like a weather map with a hurricane going through it. 
of what was going on in my brain. Uh, tell everybody what you told me when you looked at my brain. I looked at your brain and I said, wow, you must be a CEO or somebody running a lot of things because it's pretty stressed out right now. And you looked at me and you said, how could you know that? And you didn't, right? You didn't know that I ran a company or I anything? I did not. Yeah. You, when you said that, I thought, okay. Uh, and and then to be honest, uh, you know, the company has grown. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I, I was under a, a book deadline at the time and we were bringing a baby into the world. So there was a lot going on. So when you looked at my brain, what did what did you see that made you say, okay, this guy's running redline? What happens is when your brain waves are stressed, and that can either be from physical trauma or from emotional trauma, and emotional trauma is stress, um, those brain waves will dive down below the surface of the brain. It's a way that they protect themselves. So when you see a lot of that, I know somebody's in protection mode. We'd already ruled out that you hadn't had any major uh, injuries to the brain. So the next course of action is, wow, this guy is pushing through. He's just pushing everything down and just moving through. I don't have time to think about it. I just got to keep on going. Which is actually amazing because people say, do you feel stressed? And I always say no. Because you push it down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then we start slowly working on it. And after about three weeks, three different sessions, things started to change. Now I should be fair. 20 of 21 parts of my brain were underperforming. So I use the word underperforming. Is that what you would, is that the phrase you would use or what would you say? No, I would say they were suppressed. You were not underperforming. <laughs> you were just picking up a lot of static. Got it. So it's almost like it, the brain is trying to talk to each other and there's a lot of static on the line. You can't quite make out what it's saying. Yeah, it's kind of like if you're in your car and you're driving down the road listening to your favorite radio station and then you go between two hills and you start picking up static. The music is still playing. You just can't hear it very well. It's the same thing. When those brain waves go down below the surface of the brain, they're not picking up a clear signal. So things can feel very cloudy, very overwhelming. And when it's not picking up a clear signal, you, you kind of just don't know how to deal with a specific moment. You can't remember a name. Uh, you're trying to think of, the, an, of a creative idea and it's not coming to you. So then you, you go in and you hook one. It's not like a helmet that you put on. It's literally one little pad. You put a little paste on on my head and you put a little pad on there and you really send this low radio signal into that part of the brain. You feel I felt nothing and you begin to disrupt that signal. And then the, and then what does the brain do? It, it sort of recalibrates so that it can listen better. It does. It kind of comes, I think of it as kind of coming up out of a rut. And then when it settles back down, it says, oh, here's a pattern that feels more reliable for me. And it starts to just be more uh, consistent and efficient in what it's doing. Can you just give us a brief summary of the 21 parts of the brain that need to communicate well with the back of the brain in order for you to function well? Well, let's see, you've got up in the frontal lobe, you've, <clears throat> excuse me, you have attention and focus, you have general decision making, short term memory, um, restraint of impulse. There you, you go. Have... We all need restraint of impulse. <laughs> restraint of impulse. That's Zap right. that twice. <laughs> There's word recall. There is expression of emotion, visual expression. You've got verbal memories, verbal understanding, emotional memories, emotional understanding. Boy, you're testing me today. Um, <laughs> cognitive processing for reading, cognitive processing for math, logical thinking. And then you have a sensory strip, which is 
people that are real sensitive to noise or lights or um, feel unbalanced physically, that that's where that is. And then at the very back of your brain, you've got um, your visual processing for your left eye, your right eye. And then there's one right in the middle OZ and that controls your body function. Am I hungry? Am I tired? What am I feeling? That's your sleep button. When we push on that one, you, you definitely want to sleep in the evening. It's just better regulated. Yeah. Well, you must've pushed on that one in our first session. <laughs> how did you get into this? I mean, how did you discover lens therapy? What's the story of you getting involved in this? My story actually starts with my nephew, Austin. When he was 10 years old, he was hit in the head with a baseball. Um, it was a pretty traumatic brain injury. He actually went into a coma for a few months. Um, when he came out of the coma, they put him in rehab for a couple of months. He had to learn how to walk and talk and eat and do everything all over again. And then they basically handed him back to my brother and his wife and said, here he is. Um, they spent the next mm, eight or 10 years doing absolutely anything they could to find help for Austin. He was intellectually absolutely fine. He was able to go back to school, do all the things they needed to do, but he was still struggling in some areas. So eight years after um, he had been in the coma, my brother heard about uh, Lens out in Salt Lake City. We lived in Florida at the time. So he flew him out there and Austin just made these miraculous changes, really started moving forward. He started speaking well, which was one of the things that he had really struggled with. And how many years? It had been eight years. Is that right? Eight years post-coma. Absolutely. Wow. A long time out. <laughs> yeah. So my brother was so impressed with what had happened that he actually moved out to Colorado Springs from Florida and he opened Harmonized Brain Center. So he's been out there in Colorado Springs. He's got offices in Denver and Westcliff now. And he just started seeing people respond so well to this. And I was a school principal in Florida and absolutely love working with kids. That's my passion. And worked, always loved working with the kids that were just kind of on the outside edge, the ones that really struggled with ADD or struggled to stay on task with things. So when we moved up to Tennessee, I didn't really know what to do. And listening to Dallas and hearing, the, re the results that he was getting out in Colorado with uh, lens with kids with ADD, ADHD, um, and all the other things that were happening, I thought, wow, here's something I can do. So I went back to school, got my certification, went and interned with him. And I've been in Nashville now for six years. I am passionate about what I do. I get to see results every single day. It's, it's, it's amazing. And tell us, you know, there's a business podcast, so we have a bunch of business owners listening, and they're always curious about how your business works, right? Tell us how it works. So, you know, when I, here's what I expected. I, you know, my buddy Chris told me about this process, and what I pictured in my brain was sort of white lab coats, all white rooms, computers, uh, lots of beeping sounds, almost like a Silicon Valley tech center. And then when I went in, it really honestly felt more like a, a holistic medicine sort of office, you know, a little bit more like a chiropractor. So I was like, well, this is kind of interesting. You know, there's in your office, there's the little there's the little fountain where the water spills down the one rock and it goes over the other rock. You know, you know, it's almost like a therapist's office sort of thing. And I paid, I can't remember what it is now, Sure, I think it was like $65 for the first uh, treatment. And then uh, the treatments after that were a little less, and we need to do it once a week for about 10 weeks. That's kind of the, the business operation. Is, is that right? 
That's correct. Um, we do a little more than just lens typically. Um, it's really important that once we start getting your brain working more functionally, that we're making sure that we're helping you change your habits and change the way that you do things. Because if you continue to do things the way you've always done them because of the way you had your brain, then you're still going to get the same result. So we're not therapists. We don't do therapy. We do try to help motivate you, I guess, through coaching you through different things that we can change so that you can experience the best opportunity with your brain. Well, it's been incredibly effective for me. And as you and I talked while you're zapping my brain, we t- I'm always curious about how businesses work and those sorts of things. You talked about wanting to scale. You talked about wanting to reach more people with this sort of therapy. Tell me about your desire to do that. I want more people. I want more people to get the opportunity to do what we do. It's not just using lens. I think there's there's a whole modality that we're trying to make sure that every single one of our clients has gotten. So that's what we were talking about with you was how could I expand but yet still keep what I believe is so important to what we're doing. Right. And what 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 was your plan going into it before we talked? I mean, what how were you thinking about expanding or growing the business? Um, a couple different ways. Um, most importantly, uh, doing some internal education, trying to find people that could come and work for us that would be of same like mind that I could train the way that I do things um, and get more people out there that way. Right. What was keeping you up at night? I mean, what was what, in terms of running the business, what did you feel like was really the thing that you were most worried about? How do I duplicate me? Yeah, I think a lot of people listening are struggling with that exact idea. How do I duplicate me? Yeah. One of the things that I really felt like you should do was sort of not uh, scale your overhead as you scale the business. And because you're in that sort of small room that's sm- or that small house where you're you're doing your you're you're operating your business, actually going the concierge medicine route. And I know that you know I got COVID tested. Uh, somebody came to the house and my wife set it up and I started talking to them. They said, actually, we just do concierge medicine. So we can come, we can do blood tests. We can come if you're, you know, if you're sick, we can come, we can, you know, all sorts of things that, that we can do. And you actually can do a retainer basis with these guys. So you pay like a hundred bucks a month just for them to come. And then you pay for that visit as well, but you have to be a member in order to get the concierge medicine. And I, and especially with COVID, I just thought this is the future. I mean, this really is the future, a part of the future of medicine, if you will. And when I thought about you, I thought, my goodness, you know, if, if Sherry did it this way, she could come to the house. If if she came and zapped my brain, because Betsy is here with the baby, she doesn't really like to get out all that much. And y- you'd probably do me and Betsy. And then there's a, a young woman living with us named Jen, who is here studying uh, to get a, a nursing degree. And I thought, I bet Jen would want to do this. And then it, it eased my stress so much and helped me become more productive. I thought, man, if Sherry would come to my office, I have 25 or 30 employees. <laughs> I bet a lot of them would want to do this. And it started making a lot of sense to create some sort of concierge medicine. Sherry, could you do it that way? Is that is that a possibility for you? I could definitely do it that way. I went home and started thinking right away about how I could get my equipment there, how I could be efficient and being able to to get it open and ready for somebody so that I could get in and out of their house so that they're not wasting any time and um, they would get what they needed. What it allows you to do is you could have 30 people in Nashville doing this 
but you don't have to have 30 separate offices inside of a building, which dramatically decreases your overhead. Do you feel like it would still allow you to duplicate yourself? Oh, I think this is a great way to duplicate it. And we could do it, obviously, not even just here, but I could. we could do it out in Colorado. We could do it in other places. Um, like you said, we wouldn't have the overhead anymore. So I could train them and get them out and going. And it really doesn't matter where they are. Well, let's talk about if, if you're going to go this direction, let's have some fun with it. Let's just play out like hypothetical situations. And we don't have to use real numbers if you don't want to. But I mean, let's use numbers, but these wouldn't be the numbers that you'd be locked into. Sure. First thing we want to do is sort of incentivize that these people would go out and do this as much as they can and maintain their work-life balance, obviously. But I would recommend a small salary, say something like $20,000 or something like that. And then, you know, from 30 to 50% of whatever you're charging to go into somebody's house and do this. So explain to the listeners how much it costs to actually get lens therapy at current prices today in your office. Right now, we do the mapping at the beginning for $150 a session. And then after the mapping, it's $100 a session. And typically, you're looking at about 10 to 12 sessions. So it's about it's about $1,200, to $1,500. Bucks, right. Right in there for the whole thing. One thing that you could actually do, though, is I think you charge a little bit more for the concierge-style medicine. I mean, if I'm not getting in my car and going to you and you're coming to my house... That first $150 session might actually be, I don't know, $175 or maybe even a $200 session. And then you would charge, say, $125 for every session after that. So you're already increasing the price by you know, a small percentage. Uh, here's how I would skin it. It's $20,000 a year to work for you. And then you get 30% of everything that you do in a month for up to 15 visits and then 50% above 15 visits. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah. They could make a pretty good living that way. They could make a great living. You don't have high overhead, but you're actually incentivizing them every month to do more than 15 visits. So you want them going, gosh, if I can just get to 15, everything after that, I'm making a lot more money. Um, the other thing that you can do is you can even do something where they're getting 60% if they bring in the client because there, there is no, you know, there's nothing that expires with the equipment. There's no physical thing that you leave behind. There's no inventory. There's no inventory that's expiring like in a refrigerator. It's literally just their time. And so if you actually incentivize them to go find clients and you incentivize them to find out you know, thank you, Mr. Miller, for do you know anybody else who could really use this? And would you mind reaching out to them? Then they would get up to 60% of every client that they actually bring in the door, or maybe 40% for the first 15 or 60. Yeah, you figure out some way that the compensation package can actually incentivize more and more work. I, I would go that route too. That's a great idea. And I think that people would really jump on that opportunity because they're in charge of of what they do. Yeah. They can make as much as they want to make. Okay. So that that is the the skeleton of a business model. You go with concierge medicine, you keep your overhead down, you create incentive packages that allow people to basically make as much money as they want. They're getting a lot more money than they would uh, probably being a nurse, right? Working 12-hour shifts. That's correct. And, and I've always found that if you actually help people make a lot of money, uh, you just keep morale up. You know, you do well. If you, you know, people ask me sometimes, Don, how do you make money? And I say, make other people money. 
That's how, that's how you make money. You go make other people money and, and right. figure out how you can be of value. I want to talk about one other aspect of your business that I've noticed, and that is the learning curve. So here's the, the funnel from which I entered your business and began to understand it. I'm sitting around a fire on the edge of the Grand Canyon with a buddy of mine. We did 350 miles on motorcycles and UTVs, and we're sitting around at night, and he tells me about this thing called lens therapy, right? And he tries to explain it, and we're all kind of going, it's interesting, sounds kind of different, blah, blah, blah. But then he says, well, you know, here's the bottom line. I was going through a pretty bad divorce. I was more stressed than I've ever been in my life. I tried everything. And I did lens therapy, and I've not had any stress since then at all. <laughs> and I just went, explain how they zap your brain again. <laughs> what is the deal with, with all that stuff? And yet, when I, when I go to your office and I read your material, I go to your website, it actually tries to explain it a different, you know, it tries to explain it in a way that just confuses me. And it makes me wonder if, you, if you didn't position it, and this is hard because it's so much more than stress management, right? That's correct. But at the same time, that's the doorway through which people might enter into the conversation to find out more about what you do. If there's 21 things that the therapy helps people do or helps them, I think you've got 21 doorways into your business. And I think if you actually sat and talked to people of those 21 doorways, almost everybody's only coming through three doors. Am I making sense? Yes, you are. They're either coming in through anxiety, depression, or stress. There you go. First thing, you got to get those concierge medicine folks out there working. And then once it's working, you got to overhaul your message and your marketing. And I think you you focus on the three doorways and let them let them find out, let the client find out later that there's all these other benefits, right? Uh, in terms of the ability to improve your speech, your writing, uh, get through writer's block, help you be more creative. You even had a golfer who lowered their score. Dropped eight points. Dropped eight <laughs> points on their score. It's the difference, Sherry, between like having a restaurant and saying we specialize in protein versus we have a restaurant and we, we honestly believe we have the best cheeseburger in town. Got it. And I, and I think... The cheeseburger is that you reduce so much stress and anxiety or depression. People are having to do too much math to figure out how it benefits them. If you said decrease stress, decrease anxiety, increase productivity, gives you the ability to be fully present, those sorts of things are what people really want. And I think on your website, we need to get very close to the top of the website these are the actual benefits, right? And then the other thing is that when you, you gave me a packet of information, it was a folder and it had some information about what lens therapy is. Um, I think all of that information is great. I would add to that uh, the 21 benefits of lens therapy. Okay. I, I would add to that like first, it'll reduce anxiety. We do that by zapping this. Second, it will increase your ability to remember names and facts because we zap this. Third, it will increase your your you know hand eye coordination because we zap this. You know, when I read the document, I mean, I was trying to explain it to my wife after I'd done it because I wanted her to do it. There was not a whole lot in in those documents that allowed me to sort of translate to her the benefits. And that's the I would say that's phase two of scaling your business. Phase phase one is the actual business strategy that is 
bring people in who, who can duplicate your abilities. And then phase two would be to send them out without increasing your overhead, at which point, Sherry, your job will, will change quite a bit. You'll still probably do lens therapy, but your job might just be training and managing the community of people who go out and deliver this service, right? And what a, what a great job, by the way. I mean, let's say you have a master's degree, you spent years maybe in medicine or in counseling or therapy, and you left your career to raise some kids, and now you only want to go back into work part-time but you've got a terrific personality and you're super trustworthy and all that kind of stuff, you could end up with a group of rock star folks working with you. Yeah, if you have some of those, tell them to come talk to me. I need <laughs> there them. There you go, <laughs> yeah. And then you're managing that community. And then I think phase three is actually clarifying your message. And then phase four to scale it up after you've clarified your message would be to create a marketing sales funnel. And a marketing sales funnel is, is a website, it's a lead generator, it's capturing email addresses, and then an email nurturing campaign. And I think the whole point of your lead generator, your website, and your emails is just to do one thing. It's to associate lens therapy with the reduction of stress and anxiety plus more. And the reason I say plus more is you really can't list anything else out in that in that first interaction. Let them find that on the second date, the third date, the fourth date, what the plus more is. But the big door is probably stress and anxiety. I think if you do those things, if you bring in a group of people who you can train, you send them out with their own basic small business, tap into the gig economy, but these are high-level professionals, of course, then you, you, they're all ready because the reason I would do that first before you clarify your message is because as soon as you clarify your message, you're going to have another problem. And that is you don't have pe enough people to go out. Right. You know, you clarify your message and you create that sales funnel. Then I think uh, you're going to be busier than you, you know what to do. And if you're interested and you're wired that way, then you go to Memphis and you go to Knoxville and you go to Chattanooga and you open two offices in Atlanta. And then, Sherry, you sell it. <laughs> you sell the whole thing and you buy a yacht in the Caribbean. Now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious, you know, you, you, you heard all that. And of course, I've got big plans for everybody. I mean, what part of that you go, ah, that's not super interesting or that's a little bit scary or actually, Don, I don't think I'd ever want to, I'd want to run five of these things. How do you feel about that? You've got me so excited. <laughs> We'll still be helping people. It might not be me putting the leads on every single time, but I'll still know that people are being helped. And that's my goal. What I hear you saying is, Don, you don't scare me. <laughs> Don, you don't scare me. I'm saying, let's go. <laughs> well, I absolutely love it. And I think there are so many people who can learn from you and what you're doing. And part of the reason I wanted you to have on was just because I think, uh, you know, it's great business advice because so many people are dealing with the exact situation that you're dealing with. The other reason I wanted to bring you on is so that people would find out at Lens Therapy because there are people who, you know, have some, some physical trauma that Lens Therapy can help with. There's some people who are dealing with stress and anxiety. There's so many benefits to this therapy, and I think it's blue ocean. And so uh, folks have not found out about it yet, and I just think you have – you have a, a fantastic opportunity. All right, knowing that you've not yet reworked your website or done any of this, but uh, people know because of this episode what you do, where can they go to find out more? 
uh, Harmonized Brain Centers, TN.com, or they can give us a call at 615-331-8762. And, you know, I, I told a friend in Salt Lake City, I was in Salt Lake City doing some business. I told him about Lens Therapy. And they said, is there anybody here who does it? So, I mean, can you answer that question? I know you're not there, but are there people in New York? Are there people in Chicago? There are. There are 1,400 therapists that do lens therapy around the nation. You know what? I still see that as complete blue ocean because it's not been branded. It's not been franchised. It's not been systematized. The processes to scale have not been created. I mean, Cherry, you got a great opportunity. Thank you, Don. I'm so excited. It's time to go. (laughs) I'm ready. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. I find brain science fascinating to be able to put a little, what looks like an electrode on your head. It's it's not an electrode. Uh, You don't get zapped, actually. It's therapy is what it is. Uh, But to put that on my head for about 40 seconds and then move it to the different parts of the brain and do another 40 seconds and another 40 seconds, and then two nights later to get the best sleep of your life or be able to write better than you previously could or remember names that you couldn't remember. It's not a miracle solution. It just feels like almost like you know eating a blueberry protein shake for lunch every day over the course of three or four days. You're just going to have a better mood. Uh, I think is is somewhat amazing. You know, it, it is a mystery. The brain, still, even to the smartest of brain scientists, it's still like I don't know, like looking into the cosmos. Right? There's just stuff going on in there we don't fully understand. But anecdotally. This worked really, really well. At the end of every episode of the Business Made Simple podcast, I want to share with you a plan of action, things that we talked about in the podcast that you can also apply to grow your business. And and the first thing, the big thing that we talked about was a concierge platform. And, And that means rather than having a bunch of technicians in your office, you start doing house calls. And, uh, you know, this can apply to all sorts of of business, a nutritionist, a doctor. Uh, You can go and do personal training in somebody's garage. You don't have to have a shop. You don't have to have a retail front, which is very expensive. Now, you may have a retail front and you want to scale. You want to scale bigger than your retail front will allow. My question to you is, can you hire people and send them into people's homes. This is becoming more and more common. You know, if you think about it, you would say a, a restaurant couldn't possibly do that. Well, they invented delivery services. And then, you know, the gig economy took over delivery. And even during COVID, restaurants that would never dream of delivering food to your house had to start delivering food. Everything is coming to your front door. My question is, is there a way your business can come to a front door? Now, here's the thing. You can actually charge a premium. I mean, I have a friend who will pay $17 for a cup of coffee from Starbucks because it's so easy to click that button on her phone and she's kind of thinking, oh, I got to put the baby in the car, then I got to drive down there and it's always really crowded. My Starbucks doesn't have a drive through And you know, at the end of the day, she goes, well, what's that hour worth to me? I'd pay seven bucks for the gas and the, and the coffee, so 10 more and I don't have to put the baby in the car. You start thinking about it that way, 17 bucks, while never seems justifiable for a cup of coffee, you could see how somebody would do it. Is the same true of your business? Is there a way to create a concierge platform? All right, so what I said to Sherry was, after you train these people to do concierge services, which I think she needs to do first, 
Then she wants to clarify her message. And, and this is true for many of you listening as well. You've got uh, some really great product or service that offers way more than the marketplace really understands. And what I want to say to you is stop trying to explain it to them. Stop trying to explain how great the service is and how much it offers. And you've just labeled it as this, but it's actually much more than that. That's really of no use. You really want that to come out in what I call the second, third, fourth date in the relationship. The first date in the relationship is analyze your business. Ask yourself, which doorway into my business are most people going through? For Sherry, that's stress, anxiety, depression. They're trying to resolve the stress, anxiety, and depression problem. They're not trying to to resolve name recollection or verbal ability or writer's block. Um, You're going to limit your audience. Whatever that main door is that people are walking through, triple down on that door. Become known as the provider who solves that problem and let the rest come out in the wash, second, third, fourth date. Become known for that, right? Then once you clarify that message and become known for that, create a sales funnel. Go through your website and make sure it says this is the problem that we solve. Create a lead generator that uh, that collects email addresses of people who have that problem. Then start sending emails and on-ramping them to help them understand how you solve that problem. You want to own that problem in your region. It is going to be way too hard for you to explain everything you actually do to the public and have them get it. Nobody is sitting down with a glass of whiskey looking at your website saying, I really want to understand the story that these people have lived, You know all the problems they solve, and how the technology works. They do not do that. They give you a millisecond right? Now, when you say you can solve that problem on your website, they download a lead generator and they wonder how you do it. So they read a little bit and now you're on date two, date three. You can get into more of the brain science or whatever the complication is uh, of the area that you solve. And, And now you're building a trust relationship with them. And remember, if it's a sales funnel, it's all automated. You don't actually have to talk to them. They are reading something that you wrote two and three years ago, and you are building that trust with them, right? Then you send them an email that says, I want you to make an appointment. I told you in the interview that that going into Harmonized Brain Centers, I was expecting something. I was expecting a kind of almost like a scientific laboratory of computers and beeping noises and a, a bike helmet that you put on that has a thousand wires coming out of it. Maybe they're going to stick me in a little bed that goes through a tunnel that scans my brain. It was nothing like that. It was it was just like sitting with a therapist. You need to show images of how that works uh, on your website. It would be great if Sherry actually said, hey, you're probably wondering what it's like to come to Harmonized Brain Centers and what I do to you. Well, first of all, you got to know there's no pain involved. And let me show you what I do. I put this on your brain. I put it here. And that's going to help you with speech therapy. And this is going to help you with whatever. You know, she needs to physically show, and I'm not kidding, what people are wearing, whether or not they're happy, uh, what the room looks like. Why? Well, people wonder what to wear. They wonder whether it's going to hurt. They wonder whether or not they're going to be intimidated. They wonder whether or not they're going to feel strange. And by giving them a really safe way of actually going to your office without leaving the couch, they are much more likely to step into that. Nobody wants to walk into a confusing fog, right? Nobody wants to do that. You know, these are my favorite conversations sitting down across from you 
the business owner, and just brainstorming on things that you can do to grow your business. You know, I like books and podcasts and data that helps me understand how business works, but sometimes, I got to be honest with you, I think that stuff is really trying to help us sound like we understand business. It's trying to help us sound smart. I hope that this podcast is a unique place where you can come to actually get good at business rather than just sound smart at business practical advice that you can use to grow your business, reach more customers, increase revenue, and increase profit. Super grateful for that conversation with Sherry Rowney. Listen, if you have a fascinating business like that, but you're struggling to grow, you don't know how to get the word out, you don't know how to manage a team, talk to us. You can go to businessmadesimple.com slash podcast, businessmadesimple.com slash podcast, and enter yourself into the mix. We might have you on the show and help you figure out how to grow this thing. Businessmadesimple.com slash podcast. We're going to feature some fascinating businesses on this show, and we're going to help everybody find out about them. We're going to help you grow. Businessmadesimple.com slash podcast. Enter yourself into the mix. That's all for this episode. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where every week we help you discover what's wrong with your business, then show you how to fix it. See you next week.